Hi, this is Doug Beecham. Thank you for joining me on today's uh, podcast. I want to ask you, if you get a chance, go to IPHC General Superintendent on Facebook. You can like it, and thanks for following me there. But on there, there's uh, you have to scroll down for a while, but you'll find it. It's on March the 26th of this year, 2019. I was asked to come speak at Emmanuel College, one of our Pentecostal Holiness Colleges. This college is in Franklin Springs, Georgia. And this video, which was um, uh, shot there by someone at the school, this video records a message that I shared that is, is a follow-up of what I talked to you in the previous uh, podcast about recruitment, about going into the harvest, and all of those kinds of issues. It had been on my heart to speak to the Emanuel College student body, a student body of well over 900 students, who young men and women, who uh, some of whom were training for ministry, others who were training for uh, their their occupation in life, uh, their school teachers, athletes. Uh, some will go, some will be doctors. Some will go be lawyers. All kinds of things. In fact, the vast majority of the student body is in uh, what we would call the secular fields, but are are Christians who want to serve Jesus uh, through through those particular fields. So I, I came to this uh, setting to speak to them on a Tuesday morning chapel, and what was in my heart was to talk to them about. This, this question of how do you blend your occupation with your vocation? For some people, they are the same. Your vocation is what you feel called to. Um, it, we would use that within the sense of God calling you into something. Your occupation is sort of maybe in the sense of, okay, this is my job. This is how I make my money. Uh, this is where I'm making my reputation, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. The two are not necessarily in conflict with each other. In fact, often the two merge with one another, whether it's in a ministry sense, whether like a pastor or, or an evangelist or someone like that, uh, or someone who teaches as their ministry in a, in a, in a school. Uh, on the other hand, it can, the merging can be in business. Uh, you can be a person who is a very successful business person or a successful athlete, and you see what you do as your vocation, your calling from God. That's the case uh, for for my wife. My my wife is a uh, is director of pharmacy at a heart hospital, and uh, for her, that's more than just her job. That's her that's her calling. That's her her ministry. Uh, and, and, and so the, the two are not necessarily separate. At the same time, there are a lot of situations for people where, okay, this is my occupation, this is what I do, this is how I make my money, uh, this, uh, you know, this, is what, this is my nine to five, but really that's not what really burns in my heart for my life or I just haven't found yet what burns in my heart for my life. It was that kind of issue that I, I was uh, sharing with those students. Part of the sharing of that was drawn out of uh, the episode in the Gospel of Luke where Jesus comes and calls the disciples uh, who are fishing. They are fishermen. 
Uh, when you read the New Testament stories, you've got uh, Peter and James and John, uh, Andrew. They, they are they're fishermen. In fact, they're probably very successful fishermen. Uh, this is, it's a bit of a myth that these were poor Galilean fishermen. These fishermen were probably not very poor. They, they may not have been the wealthiest people in the world, but they were successful fishermen. And Jesus comes to them and calls them out of their occupation. And you remember in the gospel stories, Jesus says to them, I'm going to now make you fishers of men. He's taking their, uh, their ability with nets and all of the imagery out of their, out of their occupation and he's turning that into a, a kingdom vocation. And, of course, we know how successful they were uh, following his death and resurrection in Pentecost. Well, in light of all of that, and in talking with those students, I want, I'd lay something in front of their hearts because this has been burning in my heart about how do, how do, we, get, how do we get the church how do we get the ministry and the mission of the church outside our four walls and into the lives of communities? A few months ago, I was at an interdenominational meeting and heard a denominational leader of, of an of a evangelical church talk about a group of their church people who had moved into the desolate part of a major city in, in California. They had intentionally formed a team, and that team went, and, and the denomination in this case actually bought houses in this drug-infested, uh, poverty-stricken community. They had intentionally moved in there, uh, not to so much the, quote, plant a church and build a new church building, but to be the church, to be present with people uh, in the midst of, uh, of their unique community situation. When I heard that story, it really tied and, and resonated with me. And I've been thinking about it almost nonstop. I've shared it, and some of you listening to this podcast might have heard me share this. But that, that story became part of what I shared with those students and told them about a, sort of the vision I've got of how, how teams could come together, how for the IPHC, teams could come together, not just simply to go into poverty-stricken, drug-infested, poor education areas in larger cities in the United States or even in the world, but also into rural areas. Uh, rural areas are just as needy as, as inner-city areas are. And so I began to talk about forming of teams. Yes, there needs to be some people with mature ministry, like pastors who'd be a part of that. Yes, somebody who has a call to be a music minister. Yes, somebody who, who knows how to focus on youth ministry and music and, and children's ministry, etc. All of those pieces. But then I began to ask, what about if some of you who are getting your degree in education what if you wanted to be a member of a team like that? And yes, you go and you get a, a job in, in a public or a private school system in, in that community. But when you come back in the evenings, you were there with that ministry team and you're tutoring young men and women 
who maybe aren't getting it in the classroom, and maybe they've even dropped out of school and they don't know how to read very well, and you're providing those, those kinds of, of present ministry, ongoing education. What about, what about music folk who know how to go in and take, take young people, take children, and begin to teach them music? What about, and this is where it really got interesting, what about for athletes? Somebody who's a basketball player, a, a soccer player, uh, who, who has a heart to be a part of, of this kind of ministry and wants to share their life with somebody who would go into a community like that and work with those young people, those children, give them maybe the pathway that never would be available for them. What about a social worker who would go and be a part of that team, who would help people through the, the, uh, the kinds of social networks uh, that are available in a county, a rural area, or a city, and people who just need help getting through the system, and uh, even medical people, all who would form a team, be willing to move into that area. Well, at the end of the message, I told them, I sort of told them up front, actually, I said, okay, I'm, I'm going I'm to ask you to, to stand up at the end of this, any that God is speaking to. Nobody's signing on the bottom line. You know, you're just saying you're willing, you're willing to just pray about this, that there's something about this resonated with you. At the end of that, I ask for any of you that you sense in your heart, this has resonated with you. I want you to stand up. And to my Really, my great surprise, probably at least 50 stood up, including quite a number of the athletes who were part of the Emmanuel College campus. We led in a prayer about that, and uh, I, asked, uh, I asked the administration and others, I said, look around. Look who's standing up. Y'all look at each other. Why don't you make it an effort to start to find one another and just start praying about this? How do we go about this? Well... I don't have all this mapped out yet on how we go about it. Some of you may. If you're listening to this podcast, God may be speaking to you, and you may be the kind of person who knows how, how to put a strategy together for this to really occur. And I've already gotten some feedback from some folks about how to move forward with this. Well, if you get a chance to listen to it, I hope you will. I hope you'll pray about it. But it's one of the pictures I see of how do we take our occupation what we're good at. How do we tie it into God's call? That's what vocation means. A vocation is, is the place of your calling where, where those come together for the sake of the kingdom of God, not just within four walls of a traditional church building, but more importantly, out in the neighborhoods and the streets and the communities where God has planted us. I think God's calling for some teams for teams of men and women who would be willing to come together for a season of time, pray together, talk about what their strengths are, uh, work through the issues of, of, of authority, who's in charge, what my responsibilities are, learn what it is to live in community with one another as a visible witness of the presence of the kingdom of God, serving other people. You know what, for me, as far as I'm concerned, that's what being a place of hope means. That's what it means for us to be a people to promise. Not only the promises God gives us, but we become open doors for other people to receive the promises of God in Jesus Christ. 
Hey, thanks for listening. God bless you.